It's an insanely busy day around the NFL today. We've got news on the restructure from Jimmy Garoppolo staying with the San Francisco 49ers now against all odds as Trey Lance's <laughs> backup. We've got NFL trades, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson going to Philly from New Orleans, some other minor trades as roster cutdown day around the NFL looms. Rosters getting pared down to 53 men. Matt and I have it all covered for you today on Peacock and Williams. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Uh, too much going on for a Twitter Tuesday today, Matt. We're going to have to push it back to a Twitter Thursday or maybe Wednesday. I like yes, it. We'll get those questions in to us in the YouTube comments or on Twitter at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Uh, today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive one hundred percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars with promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com promo code Locked On. So much going on around the league. Um, the the Minnesota Vikings we're going to get to later in that 2021 draft class. Guys just already off the roster completely. Kellen Mond, one of the big cuts. But before we get to the roster cuts, which are still trickling down here on Tuesday with the 4 p.m. Eastern deadline, and we're recording here at noon Eastern. Uh, still a lot of cuts, though, to remain, but we've seen some big ones. we got to start with what happened uh, yesterday with Jimmy Garoppolo and the San yeah. Francisco 49ers, and he is not traded. He is not one of the cuts for the 49ers to get down to the 53-man roster. In fact, Jimmy Garoppolo sticking around with the San Francisco 49ers, restructuring his $26 million contract down to $6.5 million of base salary with a bunch of incentives that could get him up to about $16 million if he was to end up playing for the 49ers or another team. He did get a trade clause in this. He got a no-tag clause as well, so he will hit unrestricted free agency, barring, an, barring another restructure before the end of the season. So uh, it, was, it, it was a shock to even all of us that cover the 49ers as close as I do, also the host of Locked On 49ers, by the way, here on yeah. the Podcast Network. Um but from your point of view, how shocked were you with this news, Matt, of Jimmy Garoppolo staying with the San Francisco 49ers after all of all of this? Well, I, I feel as though, and I hesitate to say this because we're recording this around noon Eastern and there's three hours till the deadline and things are going to happen, um, that I feel like we now know who every team's starting quarterback is. Could there be some crazy trade that happens in the next couple hours, I suppose, or tomorrow? Um, but it isn't Jimmy. I mean, I'm glad we have closure on this. I really didn't think he'd be a 49er this year, though. I, I, I thought Seattle was a very strong possibility. Somebody was going to bring him into camp if he was eventually let go. And again, you're closer to this than I am, and I have some questions for you. But my thought was he's wonderful, you know, especially as a backup. I mean, he's a luxury item as a backup, of course. He's loved in that building. But he's a distraction. You know, if you're going to go all in on Lance, 
he's looming out there. And, you know, the fans and maybe even players could start second-guessing who should be the quarterback with a couple bad outings or even a bad half of football. And Shanahan's strong enough to handle it, but that's a challenge. And, uh, I mean, I understand keeping him just because, hey, I know this guy can take me to the Super Bowl. I mean, what if Lance doesn't work out? Or more likely, what if he gets hurt? And I definitely think that there's an aspect to – we don't really want him in Seattle. You know, we can afford the salary now. We don't want him going to Seattle. I'm pretty sure your Niners play them early in the season, too. Yeah, week two. Week two, okay. Uh, and that was some of the reporting that maybe the Seahawks did have a lot of interest in Jimmy Garoppolo if he was cut. And that's one of the things. So if there were teams that were talking to the 49ers this summer or all throughout the spring as well, and they decided, oh, we'll just wait for the 49ers to cut Jimmy Garoppolo, then we'll sign him. Well, that's not happening now. So maybe a major bluff right. call by John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. But Kyle Shanahan has been honest about this the whole offseason, too. He said, look, Jimmy Garoppolo is too valuable to let go for nothing. He's one of 32 NFL quarterbacks. He's a better quarterback than some teams' current starters. Um, and he is a high-end backup for the 49ers. Clearly for Jimmy Garoppolo, he didn't push his way out. He didn't make a lot of noise, and his agent didn't earlier on in the offseason, which made me think that this was possible and that also it made sense for Jimmy's side to kind of wait on this and now even waiting into the season because – he could still get moved somewhere. The no trade clause doesn't really matter because if that's what I want to ask you about, he'll waive that for sure. If there's a starting job that opens up, but if he went, if he got cut in at the beginning of camp in July and just signed with the team as a backup quarterback, well, now he doesn't have the mobility to go to another team. And now he's stuck as a backup quarterback, maybe in a competition, maybe not. And so this is probably the best for him. If he's going to be a backup to still have the opportunity to go somewhere, he could get traded at some point before the trade deadline or just stay with the team he knows uh he knows the offense if something were to happen to Trey Lance and I think you nailed it more about injury than uh ineffectiveness I think there will be somewhat of a leash for for Trey Lance but this is a team with the Super Bowl roster it's not an imminent it's not a, a an infinite leash for young Trey Lance uh but Kyle Shanahan got both quarterbacks together talked to all of them Th- they know the score last year Jimmy came in as the starter This year, it's Trey Lance's team. Trey Lance is the starter. And I don't think the 49ers expected this. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo expected this. Mm -hmm. I think Jimmy and his agent, when they had the surgery on his shoulder, probably still thought there was a market for him. He'd end up somewhere else, and people would be okay with the shoulder surgery. The the music stopped, and and all the seats were taken. So that didn't happen for Jimmy. The 49ers didn't give him a playbook. He hasn't been in quarterback meetings. Yeah, going on training him. So this is a new development for the 49ers. When they looked at their situation, they said, well, look, if we can just get – if Jimmy's okay with staying and we'll restructure this contract and take a huge pay cut, that's the best possible world for us quarterback-wise. So that makes sense. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is worried about it. I think Jimmy and Trey are both pros. They have a great relationship with each other. But there is that potential for this to go bad, and that is just because of the extra pressure now on Trey Lance. Trey Lance, right. Trey Lance could have been bad all year long, and nobody would be clamoring for Nate right. Sanders or Brock Purdy, and we'll see if either one of those guys even make the roster now for the 49ers. Um, But with Jimmy Garoppolo there, and especially with some veterans on the team, if you're Trent Williams and you're you're in your 30s, you haven't had that Super Bowl, you don't have that Super Bowl ring, you might look around and think, we've got this young kid in the the pocket behind me, and he'll be good someday, but Jimmy Garoppolo could help us win games right now. If they start losing games, you could see how that could happen in a locker room. And guys just thinking, even if it's a it's a, it's a great culture in San Francisco, and, and I fully believe in the locker room, I don't yeah. think it's going to be a big problem. And I think Trey Lance is going to be okay. But if he does falter early in the season, 
I mean, it's going to be a huge wave from 49ers fans for sure. And could there be some questions inside the locker room? That's the one way this thing could absolutely go bad. Yeah, I had several questions and you answered most of them in that has he been working with the team? I know he's doing stuff on the side, but yeah, does he so go to was, quarterback I, meetings? I was know? at practice uh, okay. a few times this year, and what happens is right before the team comes out, Jimmy comes out by himself, does his work, his throwing work. You know, he's kind of like an extended rehab right now. He's been cleared mm-hmm. by the team. I don't know if he's ready to get hit or anything like that. We'll find out if he jumps in right away at practice or not, and I think we'll, we'll get some indication if they keep another third quarterback or not, if, if they think Jimmy's going to be ready to start the season. I think he will be um, as the backup. But he comes, throws by himself out there on the field and leaves, and the team comes out and does their practice, and he's nowhere to be seen. So okay. he's, he's been there. There's been communication. Uh, the, the the team likes him. He likes the team. So vibes are good still, but it's it's an awkward situation, one that I've never seen before. To be no, honest. me neither. I mean, it sounds very friendly. You know, it's not a Watson or a Baker or all these other ones we've dealt with lately. I assume before he comes out on the field, he's at least in quarterback meeting rooms. I doubt he's playing Tetras no. on his phone. Well, no, no, he's not been in meetings. So this okay, is, okay, he hasn't gotten the twenty twenty two version of the playbook until yesterday, as far as I know. And he's not been in any quarterback meetings. They've been operating as if Jimmy Garoppolo was rehabbing by himself and they had all along been preparing to trade him. And so I think in the end, they just realized, and and Kyle Shanahan said this, John Lynch has said this, he's too valuable to give away. Jimmy saw this as an opportunity that he thought it was better to be a backup where he's familiar than be a backup somewhere else. And there was nobody willing to spend what it was going to take to go get him and bring him in as a starter right Mm -hmm. now. And here's the other thing for the 49ers now. So the fact that Jimmy was willing to take a pay cut, they got the salary relief they needed. So they didn't need to cut Jimmy. He's the best backup they could have had. So their quarterback situation is better, you know, aside from weirdness that could happen with Trey and Jimmy and and that, that sort of thing. But as far as compensation goes, now the 49ers have a quarterback who could play out the season sign as a free agent and they get a third, fourth, fifth round comp pick, which is more than they could have gotten in trade if they traded him now anyway. So as far as compensation, this is the best thing for the 49ers to business wise to get the most eventually in return from Jimmy Garoppolo. And if Jimmy Garoppolo gets a, you know, a decent backup or a starter's salary in the off season from some team, and I'm sure there'll be teams looking at him as a a perfect I mean, with the way he's worked with Trey Lance and, and how cool they've been with each other. And Trey Lance has said glowing things. He said he made a, a friend for life in Jimmy Garoppolo over the course of last year. I'm sure teams will be lining up if they know they're going to go draft a young quarterback to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo's at the very least a stopgap starter. And so the 49ers would still be asking. I think if you called the Niners tomorrow and wanted him, they would say third round pick plus because I think they will get mm-hmm. something like that as a comp pick, you know, depending on what the formula ends up working out if the 49ers go shopping or not in the offseason. So um, that's another wrinkle to this for the 49ers is it just uh, business-wise, it makes the most sense once Jimmy was willing to take that pay cut and restructure to stay. Okay, I know we need to move on here, but I mean, uh, when I saw a no-trade clause, I immediately thought, well, what's the purpose behind that? But that makes a lot more sense now. Plus, he's not going to waive his no-trade clause with a team he doesn't want to go to, so it gives him a little more power as would his ability to go shopping for a new team next offseason, the right. Giants or whomever. Um, yeah, this could go wrong, you know, personally, you know, but I like what they did because I hated the idea of just giving them away for nothing like the Browns did. You know, like that's an asset, you know, that that's that's right. bad business and that, that never settled well with me. And you keep them away from the Seahawks too. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the Seahawks all of a sudden are a Super Bowl contender with Jimmy, but right. still, they probably wanted him. And why give him something they wanted for free? Um, I guess my last two questions are. All right. Well, if you got two more all questions, all right, let's, let's wait on this. And, okay. and there's some other stuff to get to as well. We've got trades in the NFL. We've got cuts in the NFL, including a third round quarterback from just last year's draft. Uh, but first, we got to let the folks out there know about prize picks. You can win up to 10 times your money with prize picks. It's daily fantasy. It is super easy. And you're not competing against other people. You're not competing against fantasy sharks out there. It's just you versus the prize pick projections so you pick two to five players and if they go over or under whatever their prize pick projections were let's say you want to uh let's say the projection is 320 passing yards for patrick mahomes in week one you say man he's gonna light it up he's going over 320 passing yards if you hit it over the prize pick projection you win. It's that simple. No competing against other people. Prize picks offers projections on any sport you watch, not just football. We've got NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, college football, men and women's college basketball, soccer, contact sports, car racing, even cricket, esports, cricket. and disc golf. That's right. Uh, you can, you, you can, I don't know who's projecting the disc golf, but uh, I think man. you make a good buck doing that. If I was a disc golf expert, yeah, I bet I could outcoat. I mean, I could scheme my way into this couple bucks with you know, doing that. There is money to be made there yeah, in daily yeah. fantasy. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, safe and fast withdrawals. It is super easy and fun. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play. Daily Fantasy Sports. First-time users can receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks gives you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview starting tomorrow, August 31st, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts on the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey NFL Insiders all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Starting August 31st, search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so wrapping up the Jimmy stuff what what was the last lingering thoughts you had about this before we go on to uh some gardner johnson trades we've got uh, the steelers involved with the trade here and more cuts coming down the the waiver wire every minute it's not a big deal but we know the pressure exists from outside the organization our fans not the you know kyle shanahan and lynch and those guys are losing sleep over what the fans think but are you getting blowback from your listeners fans in general Boy, Lance didn't look that good this preseason. Should we just go with Jimmy and right away? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's okay, where the okay. wave starts. And there's already like stri- like this whole process. The, the, the 49ers, from a PR perspective, haven't played this process at all very good. With the Jimmy stuff all this year, with how they traded up to number three so early last year before the draft. So that just opened the door for everybody to, to pick sides. So you had a third of the fan base that wanted Trey Lance, a third of the fan base that wanted Justin Fields, a third of the fan base that wanted Mac Jones. And okay. some of the fans got talked into Mac Jones because the, you know, the media was, was 
was pushing that story and everyone thought it was going to be Mac Jones. So I think some fans prepared for it. And then they were disappointed when it wasn't Mac Jones because you know how fans are. Then mm-hmm. once Lance gets drafted, then, you know, everyone likes Lance. But then half of the fan base already was like, how could you do this to Jimmy Garoppolo and love Jimmy G? And especially after they go to the NFC Championship game. So there's already a pro anti-Jimmy crowd. Then now you have the Trey Lance thing. Now if Trey Lance comes in, who plays Justin Fields in week one, if Lance doesn't play well and Fields plays great in week one, I mean, this is going to be an absolute bonkers situation already. I mean, fans are anti-Lance. Oh, fans are not patient okay. at all. I mean, oh, the bus the wrong guy in the draft, first of all, because that team beat us. Now you got Jimmy G is waiting. Go back to Jimmy because you, you're wasting a Super Bowl roster. So there, there's definitely a way from the fan, the fan base for sure. I don't think can handle this and doesn't have the patience for the ups and downs of what a, <laughs> a young starter will be inside the organization. Much more patience. They're not super worried about the fans, but the media will pick up on the stories. Um, there's going to be uh, the big question is if, if veterans on the team start to look around after a loss right. and say, you know what, Jimmy gives us a better chance to win. What are we doing? That yeah. would that would be where okay. it starts to actually hurt the team. Okay, fair enough. I'm sure Jimmy will come up again the next time a quarterback gets hurt. And right. of course, he's a niner, so we'll be bringing I mean, him up all the time. Yeah, right. As someone who produces a daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, I mean, it's been just like, an unbelievable amount of content for us. And now it's going to just continue into the season. Ah, gotta love it. <laughs> gonna talk Vikes? Uh let, let's let's save that. Okay. I want to talk about this trade first of Gardner Johnson. Johnson Gardner Johnson. Yeah. CJ Gardner Johnson. He changes his name multiple times. Uh C D Deuce is, is what he is called as well. So uh pick a pick a title for mm. CJ Gardner Johnson. He's a really versatile defender. He can man up in the slot. He's good in zone coverage. I think he'll play a little bit more safety with the Philadelphia Eagles than just playing nickel corner. He got <coughs> traded from the New Orleans Saints. Tuesday to the Philadelphia Eagles. And according to Ian Rappaport um, and Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, after there was extension talks with CJ Gardner Johnson. He's a really good player. Like, uh, yeah, he's a valuable guy to that defense, and they really liked him. And so I think they were talking extension. We've seen how, you know, safety money has grown and, and nickel corners are more valuable than they ever have been. He can play a little outside corner. He's, he's a versatile guy. Um, but apparently they 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 came to the realization the Saints did that they weren't going to be able to figure out a deal to sign Chauncey Gardner Johnson, so they decided to trade him instead. And Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles stepped in. But this is where I don't understand it, Matt. Maybe you can help me break this down. So seeing now the 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 details of this trade, the Eagles get Chauncey Gardner Johnson and a seventh round pick from the Saints, and they give up a fifth and sixth round picks. And to me. That is highway robbery by Howie Roseman and the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles to get an impact football player that, and we've talked about the comp formula with Jimmy Garoppolo. You should be able to get that even if you let him walk after a season in free agency, a fifth round comp pick, he's going to sign a, a pretty good deal. And you get a, a year of high level play when you're trying to compete if you're the Eagles. So I don't really get it from the Saints perspective. Mm-hmm. Just play through the season with the guy and see if you can get something done. And if not, let him walk, maybe franchise tag and trade him. Or, you know, there's a lot of other options than trading him for what looks to me like peanuts for this type of a player. Yeah, I didn't quite, I still don't quite get it from a Saints perspective. Because I think they're, agree with everything you said, very good player, good defense. The Saints have shown that they're in it to win it. They're like the most aggressive organization. Um, I love the comp pick conversation and, I, and it's a go-to for me. I mean, I, I adore how teams maneuver that. But the one thing I don't bring up enough when I talk comp picks is, if you're Niners or the Saints, 
know that next offseason they're going to bring in more than they leave. They're not getting a comp pick anyways, you know, but the Saints aren't ever in that boat because they never have any cap money, you know. So right. you, have to, you have to lose more to gain than you gain in order to even be in the comp pick equation. They only give away 32 picks, but I would think the Saints would be. Um, in terms of what the Eagles are getting, you're right. He reminds me a lot of Malcolm Jenkins, who coincidentally, or not coincidentally, was a Saint and an Eagle. He's a big slot, and in the Mike Hiltons of the world are kind of a dying breed because the Wes Welkers of the world are a dying breed. You need the guy that can match up against Kelsey and Gasecki and big slot physical receivers, and that's Gardner Johnson. He can play the run, and he can do all those things you said. He's also, I don't know him, but he's also a bit of an a-hole. <laughs> I mean, gets in he, fights with teammates. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the type, this is the way, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints put it. He told uh, <laughs> he told us, "Look, uh, the the Eagles are going to love him, but the teams they're playing against are going to hate him." And, and oh, that's, yeah. that's the way it is. Like the Saints absolutely loved him. Saints fan base loved him. But you know, one time per season, an opposing receiver is going to take a swing on. Him. Yeah, or Michael Thomas in your same building. You know, so <laughs> it, it made me wonder: Is he disruptive? Did, yeah. I mean, it, it, what's he like? Is he yapping all the time about his contract? Did they have to get him out of the building if they weren't going to sign him? I don't know that answer. Maybe Ross would have some insight on that. But I always have described him similar to Ross. You're not really a hockey guy, but everyone that's a hockey fan has their favorite player that was a third or fourth line dude. That was dirty as could be, but you loved him and you had his jersey and he might take a swipe at the opponent's best goal scorer here and there that he shouldn't. But I mean, the dirty, and I'm not even talking the goons. I'm talking about the guys that do the dirty work in the corners (laughs) in front of the net. You know, there's a couple of those on every team. And that's who this guy is, except he's a borderline pro bowler. The Eagles got better. Oh, Eagles absolutely got better. Love this move for the Philadelphia Eagles. And next, Matt, let's talk Kellen Mond, third round quarterback from uh, from the from the 2021 draft. Just a year ago, drafted in the third round, the second pick in the third round too by the Minnesota Vikings has already been cut, along with a couple of other mid round picks from the Vikings in the 2021 class. That's looking like just a, a ragged draft class at this point. We will get into that and some other high, high profile cuts next. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? Maybe you end up driving below the speed limit. No big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow down when you're high. They slow way down. And having bad reaction times is not good. It's not just about driving a little bit slower. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. So stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high if you've been using marijuana in any form. Do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Okay, Matt, what do you think here? What's going on? I know it's a new regime in town. Sure. The old regime, at least the old coaching staff, immediately didn't like Kellen Mond. Uh, when it, was, <laughs> it was probably one of the best answers in a press conference last year when a reporter asked um, then Vikings head coach, Look, if you uh, wh- why don't we see more of the the young guy? Why don't we see more of Kellen Mond? Why doesn't he get some playing time? And Mike Zimmer said, uh, because we see him in practice every day. Basically, <laughs> uh, he's not, you know. And he was bad in the preseason. Already cut year two, third round pick. He was picked ahead of Davis Mills. And as the story goes, I don't know if this is exactly truth or not, but 
they kind of stole Kellen Mond from the Texans. The Texans were going to draft Mond. Mond went off the board, so they ended up taking Davis Mills instead. And clearly that turned out much better for the Texans than it did for the Vikings. That's like the Cook, Dak Prescott thing that happened to Dallas. Remember? Yes. Uh, Yes. Yeah. The Raiders took Cook and like, God, we got to take Dak. Um, Bear with me for a second. I'm talking big picture Viking stuff here because this isn't, as you said, this is a different regime, but I just pulled up drafthistory.com. And speaking of comp picks, 2011, the Vikes made 10 picks. 2012, they made 10 picks. 2013, they made nine picks. 2014, they made 10. 2015, they made 10. 2017, they made 10. 2019, they made 12. 2020, they made 15 And this 2021 class, they made 11 picks. But unlike those other classes, of those 11 picks, they didn't have a second, but they had four thirds, three fourths, and two fifths. So none of these were even seventh round picks. And they basically have Christian Derrissaw, who I think is going to be very, very good, by the way, and was the 23rd pick. And that's all they have to show for that class. I mean... This is miserable drafting. I mean, Smith-Marset is a useful wide receiver, but to get nothing out of Mond, I can understand that in a vacuum. Quarterback struggle. I mean, he, he's not the, 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 the only day-two quarterback to never really make it. But, boy, every time I've watched him, and you've brought this up on the podcast a few times, he was miserable on the field. I mean, maybe Coach Zimmer knew a thing or two. I mean, that guy's won a few games this league as well. Not only Kellen Mond, their second pick in that oh, draft, awful. which was, was the second pick in round three, they had three third round, or they had four third four round. Four thirds. Three of them have already been released. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Chaz Surratt, linebacker out of North Carolina, who was the 14th pick in round three, and the 22nd pick in round three, Wyatt Davis, guard from Ohio State, all now released by the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I mean, it's really tough. I mean, because I love the idea of, Hey, we know we're not great at drafting. No one is. We're not going to get, you know, a two-thirds hit rate, a 75% hit rate. So let's make a lot of picks, especially in the third, fourth, fifth round. I mean, Baltimore's the master of that. You can't miss on all of them, though. (laughs) (laughs) How bad are you at throwing darts? You got to hit the ball at least. least, yeah. I mean, you don't have to hit a bullseye every time, but hit the board. Don't stick them in the wood, you know? Uh, Pretty unbelievable. But, uh, you know, good luck to you. Kellen Mond, maybe he catches on somewhere else. Who knows? Maybe he ends up maybe backing up Davis Mills with the Houston Texans this year. If they still like him 15, 16 months later. Uh, I want to talk about Do you think he more... ends up on a practice squad? I, I'm gonna say yes on that, but yeah, such a high pick so recently, someone has to like him enough to give him a chance and bring him back in for free, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but we could not be talking about him in a year. <laughs> that's true. That that could also be the case. O.J. Howard was cut by the Buffalo Bills, and he is a former first-round pick. All the height, weight, speed you could ask for. 6'5", was a good blocker at Alabama, was a first-round. He's a top-20 pick as a tight end, uh, ran 4'5", flat, athletic. Clearly, it didn't, it didn't work out early with him with the Buccaneers, but he hung on in Buffalo as a backup for so long before finally moving on. He was in Buffalo, did not make the Buffalo Bills now out of training camp, has been cut. My problem with that whole situation is how early did he get ruined? What was going on there? And why don't teams cut bait a little bit early, earlier? Like with, with when he was behind Cameron Bray, year two, year three, how, yeah. how do they not, you know, someone still liked him, get a sixth, seventh round pick for him. If you're the Buccaneers, maybe help the young man's career get better. A new, a new 
atmosphere for him. And, you know, with Kellen Mond, I like this. You see it's not going to happen with him. So cut bait, bring in Nick Mullins and and maybe let the guy figure it out somewhere else. Another coach will tap into something for him. So I, I, I applaud the teams that, you know, the, the sunk cost the the sunk cost fallacy they don't they don't hang on to these guys for too long just because they drafted them get a little something for them let them move on let them try to compete somewhere else and and maybe everyone's better for it in the end i look at pittsburgh with um w- with th- their backup quarterback situation mm-hmm. and if if you're not going to listen to offers for a guy but he's not impacting your team either mason rudolph it, it doesn't make sense to me to hold on to Mason Rudolph when you've got a first round quarterback and you got your starter in Trubisky, take a sixth round pick. If indeed teams are actually offering that for you and move on from them. So uh, mm-hmm. teams kind of hold on to guys and, and just almost hold them hostage a little bit sometimes in the NFL. No, I think you're right about that. Side note. I think there's a 50% chance Rudolph gets traded in the next, you know, couple hours here. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I I'm gonna love the right now. I'm going to Go check ahead. just in case because uh, <laughs> some big news will break right, right, as right. we're on the air, which tends to happen sometimes. I'm, I, I got to admit, I mean, OJ Howard, I, I just pulled it up. I mean, they signed him to a one year, $3.5 million deal, the Bills, including 1.25 signing bonus, which they're not getting back. So they liked them enough. And I, even when they made that signing, I thought, this is great for Howard. You know, he's a different type of player than Knox. He's not going to be asked to be the man, but he absolutely could be in a great offense, although he's coming from a great offense, was always a good blocker at Bama as well as in the league. And I, I bring this up a lot too because history has shown tight ends take a while until they hit their stride. And he seems like that age where he might be ready to take a stride. And I, I give him credit for cutting bait though. So many more cuts to come before that 4 p.m. Eastern deadline later today. Matt and I, as always, will have all of the biggest stories broken down for you on tomorrow's episode of Peacock and Williamson. Thanks for making us your first listen, and we'll talk to you tomorrow right here, Peacock and Williamson.